Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we take a deep dive into Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, and the individual Lightning Lane selections with Brooke McDonald, who helps us break down what you need to know to maximize all these new products and whether they're worth your money. Find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate a positive review. You can also support the podcast by checking us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you can subscribe to receive bonus content. If you'd like to support the podcast at no cost to you, you can always use me as your travel agent. Email josephchung at travelmation.net to get started today. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, as promised, we got a guest to come on to talk about Disney Genie and Disney Genie Plus. Leslie and I have been playing around with our app from home, but nothing really beats being there on the ground and experiencing all the wonders of Disney IT and Disney technology. So Leslie, why don't you uh, introduce our guest for us today, please? All right. We have a great guest today. I'm so honored. We have Brooke McDonald with us. She is Disney journalist, freelancer, extraordinaire. I can't even name all the places Brooke writes for. And if you follow her on Instagram, she's just one of the best Disney follows for substance and humor in the parks. So Brooke, thank you so much for being on Disney Deciphered. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, and let's start by getting this out of the way. You know, we'll do it again at the end, but your Twitter and Instagram are so good. Where can people find you and follow you if they want the latest Disney news and on-the-ground uh, info? Yes, thank you. Um, everyone can follow me at Brooke G. McDonald on both Twitter and Instagram, and I typically share all of my stories there. You can read all of the stories that I write for a variety of different outlets, you know, my Instagram link in bio, and I'm always sharing new stuff, particularly in stories. So thank you. Follow me there. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive into your usage of Disney Genie and Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. So just a quick refresher. We've already talked about this when the information was released. That's back in episode 184. So go listen to that, folks, to get caught up if you're not caught up on just the basics of the basics. But really quickly, I'll give a refresher before we start diving into the details. Disney Genie is the new free service that is currently at Disney World and will be coming to Disneyland. It's kind of like touring plans light to help you sort of go through your day. Then there's Genie Plus, which is I think the closest thing to what we used to know as Fast Pass and Max Pass at Disneyland. It's $15 per person per day. And then there's individual attraction selection Lightning Lane, which are a couple of rides that you just pay a la carte to access what used to be the Fast Pass line, what is now called Lightning Lane. Are we confused yet? <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, 30 second summary, Leslie. But yeah, it is pretty confusing. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of questions about this. And one of the things that I have been saying that has sort of helped people make sense of it is that I like to say that the lightning lane is a physical space. It's basically the replacement for the fast pass queue and Genie Plus and the individual Lightning Lane attraction selection are two different means to accessing that physical Lightning Lane. Two different costs, two different ways of paying, but they're two different ways. You always enter the ride via the Lightning Lane, but Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane are two different ways to get yourself into that lane. <laughs> That's an excellent clarification. Yeah. I love that. Like why why didn't you write copy for Disney? I just don't understand. That that's I love it. 
Thank you. <laughs> well, Brooke, I know you were there on day one when this was released at Walt Disney World and had a chance to go to four different parks in a single day using Genie Plus and individual attraction selection Lightning Lane. It needs a better name. <laughs> individual Lightning Lane, I think is what a lot of people are calling it. So high level, tell us quickly how day one went. And did you use it day two as well? I did. Yes. So day one was, yes, completely over the top. I did four parks, 20 attractions, and I definitely did not tackle day one the way that a typical family would, the way that I would if I had my kids with me. My main goal for day one was really to just get on my phone, start playing with it, get it figured out. The reason that I wanted to go to all four parks was I really wanted to see what was going on with those top tier attractions. You know, I wanted to see what the standby queues were like. I wanted to try to do as many Lightning Lane, Genie Plus Lightning Lane access opportunities as I could. And I did book the two, what I expected to be the top tier attractions, Rise of the Resistance and Flight of Passage. And it's it's kind of up for debate. I suppose, um, I think Revy's Ratatouille Adventure is maybe a little bit more popular for the individual paid lightning lane than Flight of Passage, but I would consider those to be the three top tier. That was what I kind of set out to do for day one. I can tell you about how I set that up, kind of how my night and morning went, because I think that that's kind of a big, that's kind of one of the biggest questions I've been getting. I downloaded the app um, now that it's available. It came out that night. Now that it's available, you know, we everybody should get it on their phone right away um, as soon as you book that trip, if not before. And anytime after midnight, you can go ahead and purchase Genie Plus, or you can add it on to a length of stay trip if you have tickets, um, and you add it for every single day of your trip. Annual pass holders and People who just want to buy it for one or two days of the trip have to do it every day after midnight on the day of their visit. One thing that sort of drove us nuts when we realized it is the $15 was not including tax. So it's really yes. $16 per day. You know, you only find that out when you add it on from the app. Correct. So my purchases for the day, so I got up about 6.45, restarted my app, logged in, logged out, you know, made sure that my credit card was saved in there. And at 7 a.m., I right away, I did my same kind of my same strategy that I always used for Rise of the Resistance boarding groups, which was get a digital clock with a digital second hand. So 7-0-0-0-0, I went straight into buy Rise of the Resistance. And you have to complete the full transaction for each individual lightning lane. So you buy Rise, so I bought Rise of the Resistance, confirmed it. Then I had to go back in, buy Flight of Passage. And then I had to go back in a third time to buy my G my to book my first Genie Plus Lightning Lane. And I had already bought Genie Plus the night before, but then you have to go back in to make that selection. So by the time I had gone through and paid for Flight of Passage and Rise of the Resistance, I was already into 9.45 availability at Magic Kingdom, my first park, for the Genie Plus Lightning Lane. So that's kind of maybe my first tip is I would say... Because I wasn't, I was park hopping to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom later in the day. I probably would have been fine to wait and book those second, and book my very first Genie Plus Lightning Lane as the first thing that I booked in order to get that 9 a.m. earliest possible time slot. Um, so that was my first lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, there's and this strategy is changing. I mean, it seems like 
Rise of the Resistance, some days has booked up really, really fast and you've got to be on that at 7 a.m. or you won't get your preferred time necessarily. But definitely like Flight of Passage, you could have gotten an afternoon time if you had waited for sure. So this is going to change. I think they're going to be manipulating the allocation of, you know, space in these attractions between the standby line and the lightning lane. So this is one of those things I think we're all going to have to watch as our trips approach more closely because it's going to be different in different seasons. That's correct. And I do think for Rise of the Resistance, the first two days, what we saw was at 9 a.m., they refreshed availability. We haven't seen that happen again. So basically, resort guests are able to purchase their first individual Lightning Lane selections at 7 a.m. And everyone else can purchase at park opening time. So what we were seeing for Rise is now we're seeing at 9 a.m., the availability is all the way into the late afternoon, evening, and by 9.01 for off-site guests, that's gone. Um, so you're you're okay between 7 and 9 if you're a resort guest. But if you are off-site, it's just like boarding group time all over again. you got to be there ready for a rise if you do want to book that. Yeah, and we should note that one of the reasons why Brooke is saying maybe if you're on-site, you want to do your Genie Plus reservation first is because the way the genie plus lightning lanes um replenish is you either have to wait two hours after you've made the booking after park open or you have to use uh your genie plus reservation so because she got it at 9 45 that means she couldn't get her next genie plus lightning lane until after she rode whatever that attraction was at 9 45 however if she had a 9 a.m one at magic kingdom and got right on then she could have gotten a new one immediately so it's it's one of those one of the many nuances and rules that kind of we all have to get with. Yeah, this is part of the strategy I wanted to ask you about, Brooke. I mean, Disney has used the language when it comes to Genie Plus that you can get one right at a time, but that's not how it's working. <laughs> it has to do, I mean, there's there's these, this 120-minute maximum rule and there's this other rule where if you tap into the attraction then you're the attraction that you have then you're eligible again so it's more complicated than that i mean it's it's similar to what max pass was but this is a, a complicated logic game <laughs> in some ways so so what are sort of your general parameters for maximizing your eligibility especially in the morning like you did maximizing i suppose i've found a couple different ways to maximize so um, we should talk about what you were talking about with holding more than one is there's been a lot of talk about stacking. We should talk about that. But first, I would say um, the number one, I mean, my strategy both days was I wanted to see, I wanted to see how much I could do without paying for the individual lightning lanes. Kind of, I wanted to check out every single individual lightning lane eligible ride and ride it in some way. So the first morning at Magic Kingdom, I did early theme park entry for resort guests. Um, so I arrived at Magic Kingdom at 7.45. You're basically held across the Fantasyland Bridge right there in front of the teacups in Cheshire Cafe. And right at 8.30, 30 minutes before the 9 a.m. park opening, they dropped the rope and I was able to go straight and basically walk right on mine train one of the individual lightning lanes and then walked right off of that and straight over to Space Mountain, rode that and was done with both of those before 9 a.m. with no extra money spent. You know, and then at 9 a.m. I walked right over to Thunder Mountain and walked on that. So that was three mountains down by, I don't know, 9.05. And then all of a sudden I kind of was stuck because I was right there next to Splash Mountain. There was a five minute standby queue, but I was holding this 945 lightning lane and 
couldn't figure out because it was my first time. I couldn't figure out, you know, what do I do? Do I wait? Do I redeem this? Do I cancel it and book one? And I could have canceled it and gone ahead and just booked something else and walked on and done the standby queue there. That's something that I was kind of figuring out uh, to start with. Um, and and this is an and then this was a tip. And I wonder, I do wonder if they're going to change this in the app. But you cannot currently modify a Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation. You can only cancel it. Which means if you see something that looks good, um, you know, oh, Peter Pan's available in 30 minutes. By the time you cancel and then you go back in to rebook, whatever you were eyeing may not be there anymore. So that's just something to keep in mind that you can't just do the modifying like we used to be able to do in FastPass. I hope that they change that. They took over a year to make it so you could modify your park reservations without having to cancel first. So who knows when they'll fix well, that. And, they, and that's only for annual pass holders, I think, too. Oh really? I'm, I'm an yes. annual pass holder, so maybe that I, I oh yeah God. right. Um, so I think only I think that modify option is only available to APs still. Ludicrous. Yeah. Ludicrous. Yeah. So you mentioned stacking. So let's dive into that at sort of the 101 level. A lot of folks who are talking about stacking their afternoons, getting multiple Lightning Lane return windows uh, with Genie Plus. How do you make that happen? I assume that's what you did a little bit for when you park hopped in the afternoon. So I did not stack on my first day. The main reason being, if you want to keep using Genie Plus Lightning Lane, and that this is something that you do with Genie Plus Lightning Lane, you can hold simultaneous paid individual attraction Lightning Lanes as well. So in a sense, but that's not the stacking that people keep talking about. To stack, you need to book your Lightning Lane, your Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation for a window greater than two hours into the future. The reason that people are talking a lot about doing it at Hollywood Studios is that that is the park um, where Genie Plus Lightning Lane return times and availability are going away the quickest, um, are creeping into the afternoon and evening. The best way to do it, you know, so I'm in my hotel room at 7 a.m. and I want to stack an afternoon at Hollywood Studios. So I'm going to go and I'm going to keep my eye on this availability creeping up and I'm going to book a, a slinky dog, you know, at 2 p.m. Or actually, I believe when you book, I think if you book for a park hopping for the park that you're not starting in, it actually automatically puts you at 2 p.m. But basically you would want to you'd want to book something. If it's your first park, you could book it at one o'clock. If you're starting at Hollywood Studios, if you're starting somewhere else, you would want it to be later in the afternoon. But basically, you book something more than two hours away, and then two hours from the time that the park opens. So I've done that, and the park opens at 9 a.m. So at 11 a.m., I'd be eligible to book my next one. So I go and I, you know, I look at something else that's booked up further into the afternoon. Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run is also booking out quite late. Um, so then I could book that at 2.30, even though I'm holding a Slinky Dog Dash for 2 o'clock. And then in two more hours at one o'clock, I'm eligible to book another one again. Um, say I started my day at Magic Kingdom and I've got a little time before hopping and Buzz Lightyear is available. I could book an immediate lightning lane at one o'clock for Buzz Lightyear, ride that and then schedule. And then while I'm on my way to Hollywood Studios, I could schedule Tower of Terror for three o'clock or even 2.45. And all of a sudden I'm holding three reservations basically within the same window. And then once it becomes time for me to redeem that first Slinky Dog Dash that I booked, as soon as I tap in there, I can immediately book another one. When you stack late into the afternoon, once you start redeeming those afternoon reservations, 
you're always able to book another one and you're always holding a few at a time. And if you keep doing it, you almost end up with more attraction, you know, more lightning lane reservations than you even have time to do in the afternoon. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And Leslie and I actually may or may not have purchased Lightning Lane from home and uh, mess with this a little bit ourselves because we're cool uh, business expense. But two things. Number one, I think you are right. In our experience, we were, our park reservation was for, I don't know, something not Hollywood Studios. And so when we booked Slinky Dog, regardless of what it said, it booked us for something after two o'clock. And it actually said there was a note that said, due to park hopping, your time has been changed. So I think you're right that if you're not originally booked at Hollywood Studios or wherever you know that second park is, you're going to be after 2 p.m. One thing I was wondering, though, is, yes, all the bloggers and stuff were there on October 19th, the day Genie Plus started. But in general, it was a pretty light week. And so one thing I've been thinking about in terms of stacking genie plus lightning lanes for the afternoon is will it be worth it because like in the morning you kind of need a park in the morning where the lines aren't that long so that you can you know because you're waiting two hours for the first one you're waiting at least three hours you know if you're going to animal kingdom then you could book your next one at 10 a.m you know but you're waiting hours between getting these stacked lightning lanes i was wondering what you think with your experience at the parks is it worth stacking for afternoon i almost have been thinking i would recommend doing this on a day where you're just taking the morning off yes and then you just go to hollywood studios for the afternoon because it really feels like you might get hamstrung in the morning if the lines are long the standby lines are long at wherever you start 100 percent. um i think this is a great strategy either for people who like to sleep in and just get a really late start or if you are doing a pool morning if you're doing a water park first half of the day um, that would be another good time to do that i think families who are going with kids i would recommend to everyone getting there early now i was we were never a rope drop family and i always kind of didn't enjoy the stress of that hollywood studios morning staring me down you know when i would be going to bed the night before and worrying about if i would get res the resistance boarding groups for my kids in the morning but now in this new world i mean we've all got to be up at and that adrenaline is pumping at 6 45 because you've got to book those reservations every day i kind of think that the days of <laughs> sleeping in on disney vacations are done and uh that those early starts are the way to go for families that said Magic Kingdom's always going to be busy by 11 a.m. So I agree with you. I, you know, I don't want to wait until one o'clock to start redeeming Lightning Lane reservations. So I think most families aren't going to want to do that unless they do have alternate morning plans. Yeah, that makes sense. And on low crowd days, maybe you can hit a couple of attractions in, you know, Animal Kingdom or Epcot and have a nice lunch, then, you know, hop to a busy afternoon in Hollywood Studios. But yeah, this, I think it's going to vary a lot based upon how busy the parks are and sort of what that strategy is going to be. And it looks like Hollywood Studios is definitely going to be the the choke point, I guess, in a way. So while we're talking about that, we should talk about, you know, what are the lightning lanes that are selling out, so to speak? What's running out quickly? I know we mentioned Slinky Dog Dash booking out very quickly, well into the afternoon and evening. And we mentioned Rise of the Resistance uh, as an individual lightning lane for sale, selling out quickly. Any others that you noticed? For me, after experience, I would say that for Magic Kingdom, my go-to Genie Plus Lightning Lane booking is going to be Peter Pan. And in fact, I anticipated that and wanted to do that as my first one, but because those first two paid Lightning Lanes took me so long, Peter Pan was already into 
10.45, 11 a.m. start time. So that's why I didn't do that. And then we did go, and I did want to try um, waiting, and I've been constantly waiting in standby queues and timing them as well, um, you know, comparing the posted to actual. And I will say that um, Peter Pan for standby was 55 minutes and we waited 70. So not only is that a lightning lane that books up, but it's a long standby queue too. So that's going to be my top recommendation for Magic Kingdom. Slinky Dog Dash for sure, followed by Smuggler's Run, I would say at Hollywood Studios. And then probably Safari at Animal Kingdom and at Epcot, probably Test Track. Those would be my top. Those are the ones that you want to get. I will say we keep talking about Hollywood Studios because there aren't a ton of attractions and because these keep booking and there are, you know, some really high demand attractions there. On my second day, I, after hearing everybody talk about Hollywood Studios, I said, okay, I'm just going to go do every single ride at Hollywood Studios. That's going to be my, my day two. So I did do the early resort theme park entry again. That was a lot different there actually than at Magic Kingdom. They let everyone fully in, not held by rope. I ended up finding that I felt I was there a little bit late getting there at 7.45. Um, I was in the Rise of the Resistance queue before eight and I was on, I was in the first pre-show at 8.24 and I was off of that and through Runaway Railway well before 9 a.m. So on day one and day two, I did both of the individual lightning lanes standby within the first 30 minutes, both days. So if you don't want to spend money on those and you are on property, that early theme park entry for resort guests, you can knock out both of them before the parks even open. Quick clarification for Hollywood Studios, was it due to open at nine? So they let you in more than half an hour before? Yes. So they let us, yeah, so I was on Rise of the Resistance before the early resort entry time actually technically even started. I don't know how common that is, but it, and and I was not the first one on that ride either. Like I felt, it, it looked like I was late, you know, by the time the, the queue was filled when we were there. They hadn't started, um, it wasn't moving, like it eventually filled and stopped. And so it seems like they started running the ride maybe about 8.15. I think... This is a good aside. Something that I feel like has been lost in the whole Genie Plus hubbub is it really feels like this half an hour or more, I guess, for Hollywood Studios, at least in your experience that one day, it feels like this early resort entry for on-site guests is a huge difference maker for staying on-site. I mean, we have been panning Disney for taking away all the on-site benefits, but from everything I've been hearing, including, you know, your reports, it just sounds like that half an hour is such a difference maker if you want to wait in lower lines overall for the rest of your day. It cannot be overstated. I was, and like I said, we don't typically as a family do that. We will now. I couldn't believe how quickly we got through things. And I very comfortably strolled into Hollywood Studios at 745. Yes, it was early. But there was no running, there was no stampeding. It was a it was a totally pleasant experience to do that, get on Rise, and then onto Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And I will say, mentioning Runaway Railway, you asked about the you know what are the Lightning Lanes selections you really want to make. And I would say on the flip side, having tried Expedition Everest, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And Space Mountain, um, I would say those are my big ones that are absolutely not a great use of paying. If you want to save money on those, those are the ones to 
not pay for. You'll be able to stand by on them. We should have said this at the beginning to clarify. The individual attractions that you have to pay separately for, not Genie Plus, are Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Space Mountain at Magic Kingdom, Rise of the Resistance, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Hollywood Studios, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, Test Frozen. Track. Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. Frozen Ever After at Epcot. It's late, everyone. And then uh, Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom, which Expedition Everest, we've been saying forever, if you can go single rider, I mean, that's that's the way to go if you're not having to ride with your family. So that's a great point about the ones that are not worth paying for. I mean, Expedition Everest, we didn't even rope drop that. We went, you know, in the middle of the day and it was a posted wait of 20 minutes and it took us 11 yeah, it's so far back in the park. A lot of people just don't make their way back to it for after, until a lot of time has passed. So I know this happened to you on your first day, but we should talk about what happens when a ride that you booked, either with Genie Plus or with Paid Lightning Lane, what happens when it goes down, when it breaks? And anybody who's who's gone during the era of Rise of the Resistance knows this happens a lot. Yes, this happens a lot. Um, it happened to me. So those 20 rides I did on day one did not include Rise of the Resistance. We booked ours late in the day because that was our third of four parks. Um, we booked it for 6 p.m. and the ride was down during our window. If an attraction goes down during your window, you automatically are, and it's, I believe in the app, it's now called an experience redemption. Um, that's just like that multiple experiences that used to get added in FastPass. Although it is, um, I was given an experience redemption specifically for Rise of the Resistance and the window. It was good from 6 p.m., the start of my original reservation through park close. If the ride were to have gone up, I could use it at any point then. Now, we were leaving, we did end up leaving the park at about 7.30 and the ride had not come back up yet. So when I was at at the end of my night at Epcot, I stopped into guest relations, told them what happened and they um and I, and basically it seems that their policy is that they will refund you if that happens and you're not there and you don't get the opportunity to redeem it. So they gave me they did give me they gave me the choice of uh, giving me the opportunity to ride it again the next day um, or to get a refund on a Disney gift card. And I will say that process took a while. It probably took 20 minutes. I, I have a feeling they're going to try to tighten that up or automate it in some way. Um, and I believe, I think the Orlando Sentinel, a Disney spokesperson confirmed to somebody at the Orlando Sentinel that if the ride does not open for the rest of the day, that you would be automatically refunded. I'm not sure if we've seen that scenario happen. And that's actually a pretty small amount of people because that would mean that the ride went down during your window and never came up for the rest of the day and didn't open. So probably that doesn't happen too often that a ride stays down for the full day. So it's probably just people who have a late reservation that that would be relevant for. But you can get res you can get a refund. Talk to guest relations. They've been really lovely. Um, there are now a whole bunch more guest experience teams positioned all through the parks. Those look for those blue umbrellas, blue shirts. There are lots of them, lots of people to help and not long lines for those because there are so many. So they've been doing a really good job, I think, with helping people figure everything out. Like what happens if you miss a lightning lane and it's your fault? Like you don't get there on time or your dining reservation ran over or for whatever reason. Like you said, the lightning lane is the physical space you go to doesn't matter how you reserved it. So what was your experience or what have you heard about what happens if you kind of don't make your window? 
FastPass used to have that 15 pin, fifteen minute grace period. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on with all that? Yep. So the grace periods are still there. You can tap in up to five minutes beforehand and up to 15 minutes after your window. They are being strict about missing your window. If you miss your window, you've missed it. And the other thing that's important to know here is that if your window expires and you have not canceled it, you've redeemed that attraction and you can't book another lightning lane. So if I am late for Haunted Mansion and I miss it, I can't book Haunted Mansion again for the rest of the day. I have, to, I have my only option would be to do standby. So if you think you're not going to make your reservation, it is smarter to cancel it and rebook it or book something else. Um, if your meal is running long, you know, we know that Disney does a really good job that guest relations is super helpful in some scenarios like that, but it sounds like they're being pretty strict about it. So I wouldn't chance it. I would just cancel and book something else or cancel and book that same attraction later in the day. Okay, Brooke. Well, there's lots more details that we can dive into, I'm sure, for future episodes, but let's get to the bottom line. Are Genie Plus and Paid Lightning Lane worth it? What was your take after two days of use? Wow. Okay. It depends so much on the traveler, the family, the scenario, the local. As Walt Disney World regulars, but we do travel from Chicago to visit, there's always another trip. There's always another opportunity. We're more lax as a family about, oh, if we miss something, we'll do it the next time. That said, I don't see a scenario where I visit with my kids when I would not buy Genie Plus for the day. If I'm spending a full day in the parks with my family, I'm always buying Genie Plus, I think. Individual Lightning Lane selections, I think nine times out of 10, I will try to avoid. I already have to be up at 7 a.m. I'm going to do that early theme park entry and try to not go those paid attractions first thing in the morning. So out of curiosity, just to drill down a little bit further, for me, I feel like Genie Plus with my family is a no-brainer if we have park hoppers for a given trip. Do you feel like you would possibly, if you were just on like a one-day-per-park ticket, try to get away with skipping Genie Plus and something like Animal Kingdom where there's only six attractions? Or do you feel like you'd still go for it anyway just to – I'm sorry, I'm not sure how old your kids are. Mine are pretty young, so I might still do it to grease the wheels. But how does it change your calculus if there's no park hopper involved? Well, I think it – I mean, I think budget plays into it a lot. You know, it's how do you value your time and how might you value that, you know, 60 or $75 depending on the size of your family. If your kids wouldn't mind standing on the standby lines and then when you go to Disney Springs that night, you know, you're more inclined to buy them something at the Lego store, then I think that, you know, I – I think that there's push and pull and, you know, and some people are just on a tight budget and really concerned about how much more this is adding to their days. So, you know, for those families, again, that rope drop, try to avoid those individual lightning lanes. You're going to get a lot more benefit out of Genie Plus that you can use all day. Um, But you're absolutely right. An Animal Kingdom day where you start early, it is not necessary per se, but you're going to, you're going to wait in some lines. And if you have young kids, it might you might still decide that if this is your once a year vacation, it's worth it. I think a lot of locals we will see not spend the money all that frequently. Um, but for vacationing guests, I think it's going to be something that people are probably going to want to budget into their trip. Yeah, and especially if they're going during a busy school's out holiday period, something like this, when you're looking at standby lines that, you know, on average could be more than an hour for everything that you really want to do. So this is obviously 
season dependent as well. So we'll just keep watching and waiting and see what this does to the lightning lane lines and what it does to the standby lines. And uh, we got a Thanksgiving week and a Christmas season coming up. So that's where the rubber's going to meet the road. All right. Well, as you know, we always end with a Disney do or don't. And Brooke, as our guest, uh, of course, we would love to hear your Disney do or don't for us. So what do you have for us? Genie Plus or whatever related? Um, I have a Disney Genie do, which is this is not Genie Plus. You don't have to pay for it. Um, Even if you just have the Disney Genie on your phone, take a look at that tip board And uh, when you open up your tip board, there are two tabs. There's experiences and there's dining. And check out that dining tab. You can do it from home. And basically, it shows you all of... You can select your park and it's going to show you um, most of the restaurants, quick service, table service. And it will show you the availability for table service reservations, walk-ups, how much time you have to wait for walk-ups, the next available mobile order window. And you can scroll through this and see every dining, every next available dining option in the whole park. I will say at Hollywood Studios, I saw Oga's Cantina come up twice. I couldn't believe it. So instead of having to say, oh, I really want to, you know, I would love to get into sci-fi and I'm going to go in there and search for walk-up reservations, um, you can just scan this tab in the tip board and see everything in a snapshot. Um, And it's just, it's my favorite new feature. Um, It is definitely one wonderful thing that's come out of Disney Genie. And when you say Ogus Cantina came up, is it like to reserve or it just comes up? Oh, to make an actual reservation. So to make an actual reservation, I saw one at 12.50 p.m. and one at 8.15 p.m. pop up both on that day. So it, you know, and those typically you'd have to be searching for it and it would come and go. But the way that this is set up now, you can just scroll through and scan and, you know, it's changing all the time. But peek in there and there's there's a lot that you can grab that you would never expect to be able to. Well, Disney IT gets it right sometimes. So glad to hear that that is available now. So, uh, Brooke, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it on this extra marathon episode. I knew we'd have a lot to talk about. So before we let you go, just recap where folks can find you and read you and follow you. Yes, thank you. Um, So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brooke with an E, G, McDonald. Like I said, I write for a lot of different outlets, but I put all of my links there. So that's the best way to find what I'm doing and where I'm writing. Well, thank you so much again, Brooke, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. It feels like we only barely scratched the surface. So definitely follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, There's a lot more to come, I'm sure. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, thank you, Leslie and Brooke, for taking the time to talk to me. Leslie, I will see you. I'm so tired thinking about this Disney Genie Plus stuff, but I will see you pouring over your app, as always, trying to figure this out. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.